With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money. But how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, October 19th, and we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. And it is your life that we are concerned with, not anyone else's. So one of the ways that we do this is we ask that you send us whatever question is on your mind. It almost can be sort of anything remotely financial, an issue maybe that you'd like a second opinion on or some guidance or just want to know the next best step to take to get to wherever you want to go. And that's up to you. Where do you want to go? So the way you do this is you go to our website, jillonmoney.com. You click on the contact button. Then you describe what's going on. Don't forget to tell us if you want to come on the air live. We would just love that. And the reason we love it is that we get to ask follow-up questions and, you know, your voices are much more interesting than the way that you describe your situation. We always find out something slightly different than the original question. Today, we are joined by Ellen, who is on the line from Minnesota. Now, Mark sussed you out with that accent very quickly. So are you proud of that Minnesota accent that you are sporting? Well, I don't consider it an accent, but I'm definitely proud to be a Minnesotan. That's so great. Now, do you think I have an accent? A little bit. Yeah, a little New York-y. Absolutely. Yeah, I know. Sometimes it comes out more times than others. But when I read like these spots for the network, when I'm reading advertisements, I think I sound sort of a little bit more neutral and trying very hard. But anyway, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. So therefore, I am what I am. Ellen, what can we do for you today? Well, I have a couple of questions. I am preparing to retire next July. I am currently 66. I've been saving for years, so I feel like I've saved well, but I'm worried that I save too much in qualified accounts. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk about this a little bit. So first of all, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself besides your age and your intention to retire. What's going on? I own a house with my sister and we just paid it off less than a month ago. So yay. Mm -hmm. Very nice. How much is that house worth? I'm guessing a million. 
Is she, is, was one of you there? Is, are you both there together? Half and half. Okay. And no mortgage. And you want to stick around? You like this house? I love this house, but my sister really wants to move because mm. she's tired of gardening. <laughs> we can hire someone to do that. Is this a real thing though? Like, like when do you think? Well, we are both planning our next house to be a senior co-op. Nothing with services or anything, but a true maintenance-free lifestyle where we purchase a share in a co-op, and then that gives us the right to occupy a unit, and then we pay a monthly fee. What would it cost you to be in that kind of dwelling? That is part of my angst because I am on seven lists and they all have different types of arrangements. Some Mm. have bigger monthly fees and smaller share price. The actual place I want the most, Mm -hmm. I'm guessing somewhere between 300 and 350. And then my monthly outlay would be 1200. Okay. So one question for you, are you talking about that you guys would move together into this place in this, or would you each get your own? That's my question. We would each get our own, but I would bring mom with me. Mom's oh, been I living. I had a feeling there was a mother in here. Okay. Yeah. So mom comes with you. Sis has to do, wants to be in the same area or wants to do something completely different. Or what do you think? Actually, the places that we both want less than five miles apart. So she would still come over and help with mom. Okay. How old's mom? Mom is 86 with dementia. I'm sorry. But she's cheerful. I have a 97-year-old mother-in-law. She's sort of losing it a little bit. Never cheerful. So there you go. I'm (laughs) very blessed. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. So this million-dollar house, you could sell it. You could buy two units for, let's call it, 350 or so each and be fine, right? Yes. Okay. But I don't know when a unit is going to become available. We'll probably put the house on the market in two years. Mm-hmm. And who knows if a unit for me will become available before or after. Okay. So this is important just because if something came up before, you'd want to snap it up, right? Exactly. And that's mm. that's part of my angst. I need more cash. Mm-hmm. I need more cash to make that happen. I understand. Okay. So now tell us a little bit about your savings. The So we, we'll talk about first, um, you have, you said you have a lot of money that's tax deferred. So what is in the tax deferred pot? So I have qualified accounts of about a million mm-hmm. and it is a combination, probably 45, 55, where 55% stocks and then 45% They're calling it an annuity, but one of them is going to mature in 2023, Mm. one in 2024. It's the type of product where there's a limited upside or a more limited upside, but either little or no downside. So it's more protection. Got it. Tax deferred million bucks. What else do you have out there? Well, tax deferred actually totally is 1.4. Oh, what is a little rounding error for you? (laughs) No, actually the traditional IRA, more of a a million. Part of my tax deferred is an annuity product that I purchased in 2007. I can keep that until I reach age 70, which Mm -hmm. will be in 2025. And my preference is to 
not start it until age 70 because it's going to keep growing 7%. Okay. $400,000 in an annuity and then another million in this qualified accounts, right? 276 and then I have uh, a bit in 401k at work. So So let's talk about what you do have in stuff that's already been taxed, things that we could tap to do this this new home. I have $65,000 in cash just sitting in the bank, checking and savings. I have an HSA of 60, but I don't want to touch that. Right, of course. And I have a Roth of 160, and I don't want to touch that. Got it. So total, I have about Mm 1.7, but I'm very cash poor. Not so much cash poor, you're you're post-tax poor, right? Because you could Um, always pull money out of the tax-deferred accounts. It's just you got to pay tax on it. Will you be entitled to income when you retire? Do you have any pension? No pension. And are you currently contributing to a retirement account? I have been contributing the max for many years, but I figure beginning next year, my last year, I should only do enough to get the match. I would honestly just start stockpiling cash right this second. Right. So you've already reached your max, have you not, for the this year, this calendar year or not? Uh, probably a month. As soon as that's done, you know, you can basically start stockpiling cash and you can stop and you can just go to the match, you know, whatever the first couple of months for the year and then be done and then right. start stockpiling cash. That's good. I guess my question to you is, would your sister be amenable that if kind of like the, the in the outside chance that maybe you got um, the ability to buy your place first, would she be amenable to either a mortgage or a line of credit? I haven't talked to her about that, but I have thought of applying for a HELOC. I think that does probably make sense because I wouldn't want you to feel like, oh, I've got to like suck the money out of this tax deferred account, pay taxes then put the money, like all this is a timing issue. And to some extent, that's exactly what a home equity line of credit is built for. It's a timing issue, like a bridge situation. One other question, and I have to ask, uh, is your sister like in a similar financial situation to you, much better off or much worse? She's better off. She's got a bunch of money in a brokerage account. So she'll be able to pay cash for her share. Okay. So if that's the case, I would think that is likely to be your best option. The two of you do this together. Um, It will not impact you guys, especially if she's going to probably just pay cash. Hopefully the timing works out, but maybe it won't matter anyway. I think that that is a better um, game plan and it might give you a little bit of breathing room. Now, I just want to ask one last question because I'm not at all suggesting that you have to do this, but is there any chance that you would continue working beyond next July? Well, I love, love, love my job and it's taken me, oh yes, and it's taken me quite a while to get to the point where I'm okay with retiring. But I need to do this for mom and to mm-hmm. be able to downsize. And mom's financial condition, um, what does she, does she, she gets, she receives social security, right? Yes. And para, she was a school secretary. So mm-hmm. she gets social security and para of about the same amount. So she's independent as far as finances are concerned. What's her annual amount that she is receiving? That she receives mm-hmm. probably 38000 a year. Right now, she's essentially paying us rent. We 
supply everything for her food right. and, you know, anything. All right. So, so that's good. And that will help you. That will help, of course, defray the cost of whatever those monthly fees are going to be, right? Because you're going to live with mom. Your sister's going to be on her own. So mom's money should go to help defray the cost of the maintenance for the new condo, right? I'm not worried about once we move, being able to afford it. Okay, good. Do you need any more care for your mother? Is there anything you're paying for that that money could be used for? Not yet. Okay. I mean, COVID has been a blessing in that um, she fell right when COVID started and moved in and hasn't left and she's frail. Wow. But we're both nurses, so we can take care of her. Uh, What kind of nurse are you? I supervise a sexual assault nurse examiner program. Oh, my God. It's the best job in the world. That is so intense, though. Every day I go to work, I make a difference. Oh, what was it like during COVID for you? Well, it is still during COVID. And um, I'm the manager, and I have a wonderful boss who has allowed me essentially to work from home. I occasionally go in to take care of patients, but mostly I take care of the nurses and the Mm -hmm. program. That's why we've been able to manage having Mm -hmm. mom live with us. It's so weird. Like this horrible thing happens. Mom breaks her hip and it actually ends up being like this strange, convenient time for it to all happen. And you're all, and you're really all lucky to have each other, the three of you. Yeah. Lockdown hasn't been a bad thing. We've all had company. <laughs> That's right. No kidding. Right. Yeah. So I think this is, this is a good, so far a good game plan. So tell me about other questions you have in terms of uh, withdrawing money, et cetera. So I'm in the 22% tax bracket. I'm concerned that tax rates will, tax brackets will go up over time. It, mm-hmm. To me, it just makes sense. Yeah. And even if they don't go up, As RMDs kick in, I'm going to be taking out money that I don't really need because between the annuity and my social security that I want to start at 70, it'll be gross 78,000. That pretty much takes care of my expenses. Right. These RMDs are going to kick in. I don't want that to make my tax bracket creep up. I'm torn about Roth conversions and timing of Roth conversions. I don't think you need to do Roth conversions. I think you just need to pull money out of the tax deferred account and pay the taxes that are due. How much money do you earn right now, Ellen? This year, it'll be 125. And then next year, because I'll get paid out for a lot of vacation, I'll Mm -hmm. earn 90. Worst case, you could pull, start pulling some money out of this tax deferred account every year just to stay, forget about the 22. Let's start, let's pull out enough to get into the 24% tax bracket. Why do I think this is important? I think it's certainly important because number one, you need cash. And number two, let's just pay the tax it's due and it's 24%. And I don't think it's going to go that much higher for you, even if tax rates do shift. And then I think you should be trying to get money out of your accounts, these tax deferred accounts until you turn age 70. And then you get, you'll whittle it down a little bit. It's not going to be perfect, but there's not a lot to do. And I don't think a conversion makes sense because we've already talked about how you don't have enough money that is post-tax money to pay the tax it's due. So I wouldn't do much more than this. And I think, frankly, if you could do, you know, up to the limit of where you knock up against the 24% tax bracket, which is about 165 grand, you know, and you, you stay within that, I think you'll be fine. And you just take money out, you pay taxes, due, fine, you put it down, you pay a little bit more for your Medicare, fine, but it will reduce the burden when you turn 70. If the house sells and I have a pocket of money, Maybe. then I could 
do Roth conversions, but I was thinking of doing it up to the top of the 24%, which would be yeah. the 165. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, listen, if the house sells, though, just remember the house sells it's a million dollars. It's you get five hundred grand, and I got to spend. You got to spend three fifty on the new place, right? So that leaves you with one fifty. I want you to actually have more cash on hand. Really, I'd like your cash position going into retirement to be, especially because you have your mom. But you know, maybe you should have a hundred grand on hand, and that leaves you a hundred thousand dollars to pay taxes. That's fine. Then you can you could do that. But I think until we sell this house and you really understand what the next place is going to cost you. I want you to remain more cash heavy and don't freak out too much about the taxes and the conversions, because that to me is secondary to your primary issue, which is sell the house, buy a new house and the timing of that. I totally agree in the priorities. I was even considering getting a mortgage. Yeah, I mean, you could, but I feel like the mortgage is like um, a little bit excessive. I feel like the line of credit will do the job for you. I think that the cost of actually getting a mortgage, especially if this is really could be just a one or a two year time horizon, I think that it doesn't justify, the cost does not justify the desire to get the cash out when we could get the cash out. Now, yes, of course, interest rates could be higher, this and the other thing, but all of this is sort of like a bridge loan to yourself, right? So I think the line of credit is a better opportunity for you. I really do. And you don't think I should carry a mortgage and in retirement for a few years just to I make mean, sure that I have cash on hand? You have cash. It's in your tax deferred account. And we're going to try to get some money out of that account. But I mean, I don't think True. you're going to need it. I don't think you're going to need it. And, you know, I, I love mortgages. I just think it's unnecessary right now. And if, you know, does your mother have any other assets, bank account, et cetera, anything like that, that you could potentially inherit with your sister? She's got um, a brokerage of account of about 100 well, that'll get spent down pretty quickly. Um, yeah. All right. I don't, I don't think that there should be an urge. I get the idea behind it. I don't think you're going to need a mortgage. I really don't. You know, you've yeah. got plenty of money. And as you said, we have, a, we have a very short time horizon here. We're talking about four more years. Then you're going to have all the cash you need between the annuity and Social Security. You got a ton of money. You're going to take your required minimum distributions. You're going to pay your taxes. And you know what? I don't think in could brackets go up? Yes. Do I think that you in this tax bracket are particularly at risk? No, I do not. I really don't. And I think that, you know, if you had to pay a somewhat higher percentage, we could do different things. But I just don't feel like given your age and what's going on, I don't sense that this is a game changing tax landscape for you personally, where you're going to see rates rise, you know, dramatically. If you were telling me I've got a pension and I'm and I've got assets and I have an RMD that's this big and I'm going to have three hundred thousand dollars a year in income, yeah, then I think you're at risk. But I don't think you're at risk in the you know sub one hundred category. I just don't. And even if it's a hundred because you're doing some extra distributions for a few years or one hundred and sixty, but get the money out pay the tax that's due, move on. And we'll talk again if you have other questions. If something else has come up around the housing, if you say, I have the ability to do something else, it's going to be a lot more money, then we can make a different choice. But given the numbers you've told me, I think you're good where you are. I think this is a good game plan. Well, that helps put my mind at ease just talking about it and getting your take on it. I really appreciate the input. All right. Well, I mean, what a, what a story. First of all, 
Mark, isn't Ellen really perhaps the best person we've talked to in a long time because she's taking care of her mom. She loves her job. She does unbelievable work. I feel a little ashamed right now because all we do is talk about money. What do you think? We do help people. I'd like to think that we do. And and if you need some help uh, and you don't have to be as good a human being as Ellen, we'll help you no matter what. We don't really know how good a person you are. Frankly, we know that Ellen is a good person. So if you need some help, give us a holler. Just go to our website. It's jillonmoney.com and click on the contact button. While you're there, you can read all the stuff that we write. You can listen to old shows. You can watch TV appearances. And you can check out the resource section. It's right there. Mark maintains it all the time. Don't forget to sign up for our free weekly newsletter. Very good. Excellent. Do me a favor and lift someone up today and say thank you to someone like Ellen in your life. Wow. What, a, what an inspiration. Grit, growth, grace. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.